This is episode 22 of the Well-Rounded Wealth Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Patrick, it's good to see you, man. How are you doing? How has your weekend, your Martin Luther King Jr. weekend been? It's been great, man. How are you doing? I know you had a little eventful weekend, so... Yeah. Um, I had some stories, but, you know, rather relaxing. Yeah, so... My this weekend, I found out my car got broken into. Um, the the car seat right behind the passenger seat, so the back door on the passenger side was the window was completely shattered, and I didn't even notice until I got in my car and I was about to turn it on, and I like felt a draft, like something just fell off, and I looked behind me and I just see the windows gone in the back seat, and at first I was like, Did my like did my dumbass really leave this window down that was the first thing i thought and then i look at the seat and there is glass everywhere and i was like oh whoa oh oh wow okay i need to get out of the car for a sec and i need to assess this situation (laughs) i was like this was not an accident something happened and then i'm trying to figure i was like okay i guess someone broke into my car it didn't seem like anything was stolen and then a neighbor in my apartment complex walks by and he's like hey, did your window get smashed through? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, dude, it happened to like 11 cars in the parking deck. And I was, and I had not heard this at all. And I was like, oh my God. He goes, yeah, it happened to me too. He's like, my girlfriend's bag got stolen. It was in my passenger seat. And I was like, damn, that sucks. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, that's crazy. That happened to me too. (laughs) And he, um, and then he, but then he goes, are you just now figuring out that this happened to your car? And I was like, yeah, why? And he goes, dude, this happened like three days ago. <laughs> I was like, I, Jack I never leaves. His room. I know I, I've been working from home for my job. So I hadn't been to my car in like five days. So I had no idea it happened. The didn't get five an email. Days? Are you serious? Yeah, five. I mean, I left the apartment. Like, I'll go on walks or go to the like if I need to grab oh, a quick thing from okay. the store. I can walk to the <laughs> store. Yeah, everything I was doing was walkable. I haven't had to do a big grocery run. I will next week or later this week. Need to make a grocery store run where I'd have to drive. So yeah, I just hadn't needed to drive like all week. Um, so isn't that crazy? Like now, if you live in a big city, you really just don't need to drive. It's kind of weird. Do you okay? Do you like it or not like it? I, like what's your opinion on it? I do like it, but it's almost a more I'm saving gas money <laughs> like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking more economically about it. I do really like being able to walk to a store. I, I there's there's a Publix right next to where I live, but I don't go grocery shopping there because Publix is expensive. Uh, I go to Trader Joe's because it actually saves a lot of money on the bill. And it's super close to, I still have to drive. So that's become my grocery store. But I do really like the feeling of, like we ran out of paper towels. So I ran to Publix and grabbed some more paper towels. And it was so nice to just walk to the store. It's literally right across the street. It's it's like max five minutes to get inside of the Publix. Yeah, um, I, I, I nice. like that aspect. And it's just, it, everything's so convenient too. And like, if you really need to go somewhere you still have access or at least in charlotte we do and Atlanta's a little bit more crazy but like charlotte you can just in two minutes you can get on a highway or freeway and 
go somewhere else, but you also have that accessibility to walk around, which is super nice. Like grocery store, like you're saying, gym, social scene. Does uh, Atlanta have a train or light rail? Yeah, it's called the MARTA, and it's a, it's a train like underground. It's there's literally it's right next to this apartment, one of the stops. The Midtown stop is also oh, really? under like a three minute walk, dude. Um, it's awesome. I did it when I flew out of here to visit my family for Thanksgiving. I took the train to the airport and it literally takes you right to the terminal. And it was like two bucks. It was like two bucks for a 20 minute train ride. No traffic, no nothing. I got out of the train. I was pretty much at the terminal. It was so convenient. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That, that part of living in a city I do enjoy. It's like the, just the convenience of everything. But. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree. Overall, I do really like it, for sure. Um, I, sometimes I really like driving just to go somewhere different, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, uh, just a change of pace, just a change of scene. Especially because I am in a city, it's kind of nice to get more out into the suburban areas or go to the parks that are around here. Mm. You know yeah, what I mean? That, that, it is nice because you can, like, driving, and now it kind of feels like a little trip. So it's like, oh, let's go. Driving is almost an experience for me because I'm not doing it every day. It's kind of, which is kind of funny. That's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. Speaking of experiences, what are we getting into today? That was not a very smooth transition because <laughs> what we're talking about has nothing to do with experiences but anyway <laughs> what are we getting into today yeah speaking of living in cities <laughs> um <laughs> we are gonna uh we're kind of gonna talk about power today the just kind of power as a concept um the ethics that go into power i feel like sometimes there could be a bad connotation or a good connotation associated with power um and i kind of want to dive into what that exactly means if there is an ethical side to power if it just is a tool that can be used for good or bad things um and yeah so honestly going off of the car example um to kind of kick this off because it kind of made me think about it i was my decision making for how i dealt with the car was i want to get this fixed by spending the least amount of money possible. That was my mentality because I don't have a lot of money. (laughs) um, So I was willing to, I'm not officially getting my new window till next Monday, but I could have gotten it earlier, but it would have been a lot more expensive. But I said, I'm willing to wait. I'll get it. I have like a temporary wrap around the window like it's almost like saran wrap but better if that makes sense (laughs) but much better um (laughs) um, yeah that's also what i did like the night it happened um and i was thinking i was like well if i if i was a billionaire i would have spent as much money as i could have to get this done as quickly and conveniently as possible And that kind of made me think of, you know, that's having, having that resource, having that kind of money is power in and of itself. That's a power, one aspect of it. And I was just kind of thinking about that, like, oh, I would, 
right now, I because I don't really like care about like number value of how much money I have. I just care I have enough. But in this situation, I've been like, it would be really nice to have a lot more money right now. So I would I could spend more money to get this done faster for this to be more convenient on my end because it you know when your car gets broken into it's very inconvenient <laughs> um so i was just kind of thinking <laughs> yeah. like no oh and like i don't know that's not necessarily a bad thing to want that because you just want yeah. convenience um I, I think so, what you're breaking it down to is what i think of power as is leverage and then your ability to influence so you're talking sense of leverage, like money. I think power in terms of leverage is money, capital, and labor. And labor is kind of that mix between leverage and influence because you can influence labor to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, having leverage is huge. It's very helpful. So whether you have other people working for you, that's giving you power over others to give you more resources to have more power, i.e. money. Mm-hmm. And then you have money is money or capital and I guess a valuable resource in any way, shape, or form gives you power over someone else who doesn't have it or as much of it. So we're really looking at power in a economical way right now like in power and capital is kind of the route Mm -hmm. we're on what are what are some other avenues that we could go down besides capital for power because i know i think more yeah i i definitely think one of the more powerful things are there is your ability to influence people because you don't necessarily need capital to do that Mm -hmm. you need a reputation you need great communication skills and you need to have the ability to inspire others and i think that is that's one of those things that's hard to do in practice it's easy to say in concept like oh yeah of course just communicate clearly but i think a lot of people when you boil it down is actually a lot harder than you think when putting that into practice so that's something that I've been interested in lately is how do I use what everyone else has to not get a leg up on everyone, but to influence them in a way that I, I in my perception, believe is positive and would be positive for them as well. Gotcha. So almost, almost like a preacher, especially back then, like hundreds, especially <laughs> but ser- like especially hundreds of years ago because i kind of i heard this i obviously didn't live back then but i've heard someone say that preachers at there were a time when preachers were the rock stars because they yeah. were the ones that were standing in front of the crowds like giving badass sermons that were influencing entire crowds of what he was saying or through the word of God or through the word of whatever religion the preacher was preaching about. Mm-hmm. And that that actually gave preachers a ton of power. Yeah. Well, I think 
one of the, uh, I forget what the story was. I think it was Paul. He's the big gospel guy. That's yeah. for the word. And, yeah. Yeah. He's, he was, it's Saul, but then he became Paul. Oh my he God. wrote all the letters. That was Patrick. Patrick's a preacher. <laughs> 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 but yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, letters the letters guy. That's Paul. Um, yeah, and, and his ability to, I think someone coined him as one of the greatest marketers or salespeople of all time because he essentially just went out, spoke this message to a bunch of people and converted them to this cause and got them to donate or contribute in some way just because of the message that he was portraying and the words he was saying. So even though he had a, I guess, third-party message to attach it to, it was still him giving that word. So, I mean, yeah, I guess religion is very good in the sense that if you want to look at power, their ability to use the message of that religion to convert others is pretty interesting. Yeah. I think it's also really interesting with the, I do think that's why doctrines do have, well, doc, like why there are doctrines in religious organizations, why there is structure to it because they're just like for a government, there needs to be checks and balances to that kind of, of thing. Cause power it's, I don't think it's necessarily innate for, for us to abuse power, but it happens. And I, honestly, at some point in all of our lives, and maybe not in a, an extreme way, but we maybe use the power that we've had to, for our own advantage at some point, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like hundred percent. Absolutely. And so we're, maybe it is a way innate, but I don't think it's what we're all destined to do with power. Like, I don't think we're all, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'd love to, I'd love to talk to people who have been through that, like through positions of high power and corruption. Um, it's like, would anybody really fall into that corruption no matter who they are? Or would people actually like, are there people that check themselves and don't let that go to their head? I think there are. I personally think that. Oh are. yeah. Um, I mean, you can see it. There's, yeah. I guess it's interesting too, because I'm sure in that position, it's like to someone who is lower than them, the person who's has less power thinks the actions of people who are more powerful could be perceived as not ethical. But if you're in that position of power, do you have a responsibility to do a certain action? Like, for example, I mean, if one of us had the ability to snap their fingers and send a military order out, we would be like, yo, dude, what are you doing? Like, why are you <laughs> calling the troops to go raid the apartment building next to you? But if you think of it, the president has that kind of ability in mm-hmm. a massive scale. Like, he can flick his fingers and say, send nukes. Yeah. So I think there is definitely a... I think as power increases, your what you should be able to do with that power also increases it's just what's your intention behind it because the the other great example is the person who's 
take up like Thanos, for example. Mm-hmm. I have all the power, and I believe I should do this. Like he thinks he was justified in that action, but to everyone else, he's corrupt and he's evil. He's abusing it. Yeah, to real people in who don't know who Thanos is or anything, uh, that Thanos is a villain, um, a superhero villain in the Marvel movies, and he believes it's his duty to save the whole universe, but by doing so, he thinks we should get rid of half of the population for every race in the universe because resources will eventually run out and it's the only way that the world will be at peace and prosper. Um, and he does that. And in, he was right, but do that. It's kind of like a do the ends justify the means because he also murdered trillions. Yeah. I have a question for you. Has there ever been an instance or say you're watching a movie or you see someone who is more powerful than you? Do you ever see that instance and say, I wish I was there and this is what I would do if I had that? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I sometimes I try not to think like this because I one I don't have the experience that that person is in here's an example I'm not thinking of anything extreme um but like when people talk about where movies are today and when people talk about oh the movie should have been like this instead or here's how I would have done this movie here's are the decisions I would have made um sometimes I do think like that like I'll see a movie that I don't think is great, but I wanted it to be great. And I'll kind of think of ideas of, oh, well, if they did this, that would have been a way better way to do it. Um, And this and that. So that's kind of where I get that the most. But I also think when you're actually in the machine of making a movie, it's not exactly easy to see, see those things. And it's not like it's one person calling the shots either. Um, for example, the Marvel movies have been making shit money, and me personally, I don't think they've been very good lately. But also, I don't think if they just hired me to come in, I would be able to turn it all around. Even though I have ideas that I think they should be doing, and as a fan, there are things that are glaring issues to me. There's no way that people working there already don't see those issues, because they also are the people working on all this are huge nerds about it too. Everyone in the industry is attached to this stuff. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to me that it's, it's almost like it's, it's just that creative block and that there's a big machine to it. And that one person can't just come in with their ideas and call all the shots. It's just not in the long run, how it works. I, I get where you were trying to get out with that question, and I think I took a different angle with it. Yep. <laughs> Good answer, though. <laughs> um, I do like it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if I uh, was Hitler, I probably wouldn't have done what he did. <laughs> personally. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> I don't know if I would have said the Holocaust would be cool. I think I would have said no Holocausts. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that yeah, is that I, more I, the angle you were trying to take? <laughs> well, 
Sure. <laughs> but like if you had a if you had a ton of money like right now. Okay. And you or someone you admire who has either a ton of leverage or a ton of influence. Take it that way. Okay. Is there something you'd be like, if I had that, I I would want to do this in this situation. I'm thinking I'm Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. And I have all this influence and status. Mm -hmm. This is the first thing I'm doing. Okay. I see what okay. I'm I'm the richest man in the world. That's that's the sure. game we're playing. Like richest man in the sure. world. I have all the power. No one can tell me no. Whatever I do will go. I I make all the rules, I make all the shots. No one can um yeah. change that. Thoughts. Um Wait, let, let me preface this. Okay. <laughs> I know. What do you think that I'm gonna say? Him. I don't even know no, what I'm gonna say. No, I know if we asked this to Clayton. It would be like I would buy my own island. Yeah, yeah, Claytopia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I don't know why that just made me think of it, but that's a hundred percent the answer I would give from him. It's like, yeah, of course, duh. Like, why wouldn't I? Uh, anyway, you know, I wouldn't. I would definitely just kind of want to keep liver. It's oh my god, it's so hard. To, there's I'm thinking of so many things on a grand scale and it's also it's I'm such a live and let live person that like you know I wouldn't if I did even if I did have all the power I could call the shots I don't know if I'd want everyone to be under the same country um Dude, all right we're, we're in different mindsets right now I'm thinking like I'm taking all my boys on a yacht and we're going to fucking Ibiza or something like that. <laughs> Jack's like, man, I don't know if I want to go down this path of global domination right now, <laughs> but you know, I could. Yeah, well, it's all, and also, like, you got all the power, but you don't have all the time still, so you got to delegate responsibilities, and you don't know who you can trust, and if you're all under one government, maybe, maybe Jack Land still would end up sucking, because maybe, <laughs> if it's just one country, maybe corruption's eminent. They're I don't know. There'd have to be a lot of work that goes into that. Um, Jack Land's its own entity that <laughs> cannot be recreated. Um, yeah, I try to stop all the atrocities going on in the world. Um, you know, I'd, I'd try to, uh, that would be on my list. Um, but yeah, no, let's take a vacation too. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Pat. <laughs> Jack's way more kind-hearted than I am. It's actually really funny because we have done a role reversal. <laughs> Usually you would be the guy that would be having all these deep thoughts in this hypothetical of, <laughs> of like, oh, yeah. the the things that I would want to accomplish. And I'm usually the guy that would be like, oh, I have all the money in the world. Like, let's go on a crazy trip and do some wild shit. Well, I'm thinking like immediately. There's no way I'm getting like, I'm, I'm not like trillionaire. Boom physiological something or psychological we're changing everyone's mindset and making everyone broke i'm like all right i don't know how long this is gonna last i'm enjoying this <laughs> like let me do some stuff that's on the bucket list that i think is out of the reach as of right now um okay what's on your what's Whatever. on your bucket list do you have anything on your bucket list um i don't even know i do think i have one i have a list Oh, you actually do. I, do. I don't have a written out bucket list. 
I think I just have, actually, I think I have more places I wanted to see. Mm, let's see. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, like hikes I want to do or places I want to visit. Those are the two things on my bucket list. I probably do events too. Like, yeah, there's more places though. Like hikes. Yeah. Which I guess is for me. But I would, I mean, I would say, like, I don't know, fly on a private jet or. That's totally on my bucket list. Or even, I don't, I, I don't even have to fly in it. I just want to, like, walk inside of one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just sit, like, sit in it a little bit. Maybe, like, have a drink in there. I need to be in the air. Being in the air would be cool. Yeah. But. See, like, I, for some, I think I'll be able to do that one day for sure. Yeah. So, and I also feel like once you do it a few times, it becomes like Normal. anything else. Yeah. yeah, it probably does. I feel like my bucket list, if now if I'm thinking about making one, is stuff that's a once in a lifetime experience that yeah. you just can't do so often. Like the paragliding, mm-hmm. skydiving, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I want to check out some... Star Wars Land. That seems pretty cool. Space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, was of the, I, was thinking, I was thinking of the theme park at Disney World. Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> was, I, heard, I just heard great things about it recently, um, and I haven't been. No, space I'm sure can, space I'm sure might be the top better. of my bucket list, going to outer space. Yeah. I would. Cool. I'm not even kidding. If they said, hey, we're taking people to Mars, like to start living in Mars, I would legitimately consider going. I don't know if I'd do like, it. To stay there? Yeah. I would legitimately consider Why? it. I mean, think about this. You're on your deathbed. You're like, wow, I had that chance to go to Mars. I didn't go. I'm just dying here on Earth. And I'll never yeah, know what but it is. Mars is just red rock, man. Yeah, but you got to start somewhere. <laughs> like yeah. we're like i'm saying and then you're gonna keep going somewhere it's on red rock <laughs> yeah but we you also don't know what else is on that planet no one's actually been to all of it okay fair True. you know what i mean it's a whole nother planet dude like i think it's a little smaller than earth but not by much it's a planet yeah. i i, I all, just think it's, it's crazy color i think Earth is two colors from space. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's three. There's three. You can see snow. Oh, come on. (laughs) Those are the clouds. The white clouds. No, no. Okay. Snow. (laughs) Anyway. I mean, Mars is not just red. It's got like, you know, an orange tint to it as well. I think Mars could be cool. That's fair. I'm just saying. And also, I would not go. I'll say this. I won't go in the next 15 years, for sure. I would stay here. But I would maybe go in the next 20 or 25 years. Well, unless... Unless I would have to... If I I had a family and would have to leave them, I don't know if I would do that. Jack's going to find some Martian lady and... (laughs) No. <laughs> no, do not go there. Do not go there. 
Yeah, wait. If you had a kid on Mars, would you be? They be Martians? I mean, they still be humans. You know, it's like, but like, yeah. I guess they're the first humans not born on Earth. That's crazy, dude. That would be pretty cool <laughs> to have the first kid not born on Earth be your child. I would definitely call him a Martian. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, you're a Martian. You're no longer a human. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so uh, yeah. wild. Imagine that. Wild. Like, you you go to your wife to Mars to like start that colonization process, and you and you have your first child, and it is the first child not born on the planet of Earth, and you get to tell your kid that. Yeah, you weren't born on Earth. You're the you're the first Martian. That'd be, That'd be pretty cool. cool. That'd be pretty cool. All right. Anyway. Yeah, so power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking, okay, this one, I'll connect this one. Okay. How about power and personal choice? Okay, yeah, let's. Being self-capable with the, the, the power over your thoughts. Yeah. That is the first concept of power I think you need to conquer. Because once you can control power over yourself and your urges then you can start branching out and seeing how can i use what i've learned about myself to influence others would you call that restraint yeah yeah i think that's definitely a form of power i would say restraint and then control i mean ultimately power is your ability to influence actions right yeah. so that can be personal for yourself too and having having the power to restrain, especially especially nowadays, because there's so many other things, is is super important. I mean, you look at people that don't have restraint and see where they are compared to someone who does and has that ability to say no or the ability to influence change over themselves. Yeah, I think I think it goes a lot into you know, sometimes I have an addictive personality and I actually think restraining that and not just doing whatever I feel like cuz sometimes sometimes in my life I felt like just having the freedom and the liberty to just do what I want to do or with no one telling me, like no one has to tell me what to do. I can just be on my own and do what I want to do. But if I do whatever I want without limiting myself, that actually is a weakness to me in a way, because it's a lack of restraint. Yeah. It's a lack of being able to control yourself. And I would say that that's definitely one of the bigger lessons I've learned, especially in the last couple of years. Um, Dude, honestly, and tell me if you're not like this, I think the biggest power struggle is probably with yourself. A thousand percent. Because for me, especially, I'm like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that or shouldn't have eaten that or or shouldn't have gone out or whatever. And that's something I think everyone is constantly dealing with on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, totally. I've even yesterday, like I 
I ate a cookie and I was like, I probably shouldn't eat that cookie because I haven't worked out in a couple days either. That maybe that's not good for me. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I was weak and couldn't hold restraint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so how have you learned to control that with yourself or in an instance when you're, when you eat a cookie, mm -hmm. what's your next kind of thought process? Because I think I've developed a certain method or practice when I do do something that I know I wasn't supposed to or didn't have the power to, didn't have the power of control with myself. But I'm curious to see if you've developed anything. Yeah, I guess, I guess we're talking about self-discipline, honestly. Um, I honestly, it's what's helped me a ton is just knowing how angry I will be at myself after I do it and kind of reminding me of that and that, you know, whatever quick temptation you have on your mind will eventually go away. And it feels a lot better when after it goes away and you didn't, and you were able to have restraint, you're like, Oh, you feel way better than you do when you do it. Now there are also plenty of times where you know, I'll say, you know, fuck it. I'm going to, have a dessert. It's fine to have a dessert every once in a while. Um, mm -hmm. And that I don't, I'm not like kicking myself for. I mean, if I want to diet really hard, which I've actually been thinking about doing pretty soon, then yeah, then, then I can be more strict and regimented on myself. But I think there's also a balance too of being able to let yourself indulge in some things as long as it doesn't become a habit. And that's also where that restraint comes in too, is being able to indulge in things every once in a while i guess in my head it's honestly sweets that's sticking out to me but anything yeah. that i think this is applicable to in my life it's as long as it doesn't become a habit but for some people and even for myself it's easier to just not do it at all than it is to do it occasionally um because once you start doing it occasionally you're slowly convincing yourself that it's okay to do again um, yeah, well, I guess the question there is who has the control in that situation? Because you're right. When you give yourself the permission to indulge, you're, are you doing it for yourself or are you giving that, I don't know, devil on your shoulder like, oh, you broke through. So mm. what's the intentionality behind it? And I've definitely struggled with that is because I, I definitely go super extreme on certain things like dieting or whatnot. And it, it, it's okay muscle. And I know that even if I am indulging in a sweet, that the next day I'll be able to get back on track or not even get back on track. That is part of my track. It like, it's okay to have that. I see. So, yeah, diet's always been the same thing for me. It's because I have such a bad sweet tooth. <laughs> I have a horrible and, sweet tooth. Oh my god! There's an insomnia cookie. Speaking of walkable things, like right. That's trouble for you. Oh my god, <laughs> it's trouble for me. I haven't been a ton. I've I've done well. I've done very well for how close it is. I can walk there in five minutes. Um, <laughs> I've probably I've been under ten times. 
That's good. May like on probably five or six, if I'm being like pretty. Then I'm I'm chill with that. I've been here for like five months or so, however long it's been. Cooking month. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh. My mine used to, so when I was in like last year of college, I would do literally a full box of Oreos. <laughs> like in, have I ever told you this? Like my insane sweet tooth stories. Um, you told me in college you had you were getting crazy with the sweet tooth. Was it during COVID? Yeah, you like twenty twenty COVID. I mean, I always had one, but like this is where I was like, yeah, damn, that boy can house some sweets. I mean, there was times when I would do like, like a whole entire sleeve of cookie dough, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and then, and then like a whole pizza or something, and I I would just be able to house that in a, a night, and then I would probably do it like I don't know three times a week or something. <laughs> it was nuts. That's probably why, where I gained so much. I mean, that was where I got really strong too because I, I just had so much extra energy <laughs> to use. I was like, well, fuck. But that was that, that was a bad... That was where I did not have control and did not have power because it was this constant cycle of... Like, I would eat all that. Next day, I'd be like, crap, you're an idiot. You're you're hating yourself. Like, I hate you. Like, why the hell did you do that? Like, I wouldn't eat for a day. Then I'd be healthy again. And then the next day, I'd eat the whole pizza. Like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny, because I do, you, you've told me this before, like, a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. So I, I do know this about you. But I don't see it with my eyes much. So it does kind of blow my mind to hear. <laughs> the first time you shared this with me, I was, my mind was blown. Because <laughs> I haven't seen it, I haven't seen it from you, except when you um, when you were shredding, um, you were hardcore shredding, like you were practically starving yourself that one summer. Oh yeah, yeah, and you just oh, no, I, was, I was cutting. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Cutting. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry for all the fitness gurus listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, when you were cutting, because you bulked heavy, and then you were hardcore cutting. So you, yeah, you were practically starving yourself. And then on your last day, we were with you in Charleston and my mom's like, oh, she's, she bought like a cake from the nothing bunk oh, cake store. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Dude, that you, nice. you literally like, you saw that cake because you were done. You got, you did it. You shredded <laughs> and you were, and you were so, you are the most shredded you've ever, probably ever been in your life at this point. Right. Yeah, 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 and you um, literally like you grab the cake with your bare hands, and you start <laughs> and you start stuffing your face, and you're like victory, like I've done it, like I was like, hell yeah, that's sick. <laughs> like, it was probably the strongest man, like strongest looking person I've ever seen, like with my own eyes, pounding a chocolate cake. It was so sick. <laughs> It was so awesome. Uh, dude, we should do that. Have you ever seen like those eating, uh, co- not contests, but like the guys that just on YouTube just get a bunch of foods that they've always been craving and just have a, what is it? Oh, mukbang or whatever. I haven't heard of this. What? Like yeah. Mukbang? Mukbang? Whatever it's called? No. Uh, yeah, or, I don't know. Or you kind of just, you just get a bunch of food that you want and then you just sit around and talk to people. That'd actually be fun to do on a podcast episode. That sounds but, great. Yeah. 
<laughs> Jack's like, I'm in. I'm in. I'll do that. 100 insomnia cookies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd be but... down to do something like that for sure. That sounds wonderful. It's a day where, <laughs> like, maybe like it could be like an indulging day or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> How to indulge. But yeah, I, I've definitely gone on some. That's that I think is my biggest problem is whenever I do something, I just go way too far in. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, but it's not. I was about to say that before you said that. Yeah. But anyway, I guess, yeah, I guess also with power is how you look at it too. Like power for an action that involves power for one person could be. It could be positive for one person and negative for another. Especially I, yeah. if you if you intertwine culture. So I, I think one of the like a, a great example is you take polar opposite cultures. A Western culture in America versus Eastern culture that's super reserved or uh, like Islamic culture where they are constantly required to adhere to strict regimens and have to pray five times a day and I guess the power to go all in we think that's crazy we think they are I wouldn't say we think it but someone could perceive it as they are controlled by some external thing not being able to break that and then from their perspective of American culture is they are controlled by external influences where they can't stick to a strict regimen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the culture thing almost made me think of what are some objective forms of power that maybe wouldn't be present in other places. A big one that came to mind was social media presence because in our culture, that is a legitimate power. Your a social uh, an internet following is that's power status. having a big. It, I would even yeah I mean that implies status so yes um but that's power that's influence and you can use that to profit you can use it to fill your own ego you can use it to get people to do what you want to do you, you like you can get people to do things for you that's a huge power yeah. but there are other places in the world that they don't care about how many followers you have on your social media. I just realized this, but I think one of the interesting things about power is as you get more, as you get more power that you've created, you also create more ancillary power. And what I mean by this is, take status, for example. As you gain more status yourself, you will have other people giving you more power because they want to do something for you in order to get into your good graces. So someone might do something to you for free in order to get on your good side in order for some future opportunity, even though you didn't even ask them. Yeah. I think that's another very interesting. I've thing. literally, and, I've literally done that for people before I talked about yeah. it on this podcast. When I first got to Atlanta, I did that for somebody to get their attention. It worked. Yeah. If you're and if you're yeah. young, fresh out of college and you're looking for employment, I highly suggest doing free things for people and showing them what you can do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. That's essentially well, I'm essentially mm -hmm. agreeing with you. I think it's, I kind of want to talk about what 
you can use your power for. Because I think the people that give a negative connotation to power are the ones where they think because they're using that power for their own personal gain. But you can also use power to help others and to give back and to do it to support, use your power to support the people you love, you know, use the power you have to protect, use that, use power you have to, you know, raise your children and your family and get them through things rather than spend it, spend your money on a bunch of personal materialistic items or use it to get people to do what you want to do. I think that's, yeah, I want you to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And in terms of like what you use your power for, I mean, I, I think it's going to be an, an instance of how you obtained it and why you obtained it. Like if you obtained it just out of curiosity, then I, I think there's a much better chance that you use that power for something either one that makes you curious or for good because you didn't do it with the intention of just gaining power. Whereas someone who's like money hungry, they know what money can do or the power behind money. I would almost say the people who are trying to get power for money are less inclined to use it for good. Because here's my thought behind it is you can like you and i not the wealthiest people in the world or by any means but we can still go out and do good like right now but i think if the the people who truly use power for good which in that sense is is their power of labor leverage they will go and do that if people are going out to gain money for power I think there's, like you often see it, that super rich and wealthy people, they start giving their money away because they don't know what else to do with it. So I don't think that's their intention behind the power. I think it's kind of, they're deprived of something and they think the power that money would give them is going to fill some gap. Yeah, definitely. Like, the money people who are i think become money hungry it almost always at least the people i've met that kind of have that singular goal very spiteful people you know started from a place of pain started from one approval of someone and not getting it and and when they instead of having that aha moment of i shouldn't have let that person make me feel that way it's I will make that person ever regretting making me feel the way I did. It's like kind of yeah. vengeance, you know, Re- vengeance, mm-hmm. revenge. That's, those are like, that's real. People, people have those moments in their lives. I've met oh, people yeah. that have had those. I've had those moments in my life, you know, at some point of what I just described, but I like, I think I've learned to, I think I grew and learned to get past it and haven't knowing that if I, got a drive and had that be the core of my drive we've covered this a million times (laughs) but now i'm starting to 
So I'm starting to realize where we're overlapping at, but that I do not think that I think that would be incredibly unhealthy for me to do that. But I think almost, almost anyone, you can kind of nail it down to some, to some pain that they experienced at a previous point in their lives. And it's them wanting to be able to tell themselves whoever hurt me, they were so wrong for hurting me because look at how much better I am now. Yeah. I mean, I will definitely, I'll admit that I'm definitely money driven. I will say I'm less so than I used to be before I kind of went on this personal development journey and, and reading a lot of psychology and whatnot, but it's still, I, I think of it more as it's fun to do stuff that makes money because inherently the stuff that makes money is oftentimes pretty cool, at least in my eyes. And one of the best quotes I think I heard about money is from Naval Ravikot, and he says that money solves money problems. So yes, the, the reason that I want money or or now that I, I have a desire to get more money is because money solves those money problems. So I think it can relieve stress. So, I mean, absolutely. So for example, just having the freedom to do what you want, when you want to do it. Like, and then being able to do that in perpetuity. So, or I don't know, simple things like having a cleaner or a chef or. Yeah. Like, I don't need a, I, uh, I'm so, I'm so with you completely. And for those reasons, I'm money driven too, because like, like exactly what you said, it's the amount of problems you have when you don't have money are way more than the problems you have when you do. It's, mm. it's having money does take stress off of your back because living, living paycheck to paycheck, like as we are just fresh out of college, it's stressful. And yeah, having more money, it, it just makes life less stressful. And if life is less stressful, then you don't have to be so self-absorbed of how am I covering my own ass? Where if you could get to a place of stability, now it's, oh, how can I cover my neighbor's ass too? How can I be there for my friends? How can I um, you know, be a good person in my community? But right now, like me personally, I'm in such a place where I'm like trying to focus on how I can cover my own ass that... I've noticed that I haven't been able to look out for other people as much and I would like to. So yeah, I've, if earlier it sounded like I was saying that people who are money driven are just because they were, they're hurt people that I disagree with. That's, I was saying the reasons for it, you know, Dude, do you get yeah, what I'm saying? And honestly? Yeah, I do. And I think to kind of summarize that, I, somewhat of the message you're saying is one of the coolest things about power, whether it is leverage or whether it is the ability to influence is you can use that influence and that power to influence people for good based on the experiences that you've, you've had. So like money, I would hundred percent take care of my family and my friends. Influencing people psychologically and with words, I would do that and give suggestions that I know have worked for me 
that could possibly put that person in a better place. I think that's the cool thing. It, it, it's when you use it and it does work to better that person. Like I've done that with my brother. Is He wanted advice. That in itself is powerful because you have the ability, not only is that person seeking your advice, so that's powerful in itself, but you also have the power to influence his next decision or his next action. And if that action benefits him in the long run, then that's great. I think that's yeah. that's a cool uh, responsibility to have. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I've I just thought about this while you were saying that. Like, you know what I love? When people reach out to me for advice. What a compliment, right? I mean, yeah. such a compliment. Someone reached out to me last week. We actually just set a time to talk, but he was like, hey, I, I saw what you did moving down to Atlanta. I'm thinking about doing that. Do you think we could find a time to talk about how that's been? And I was like, oh my God, absolutely. And I, don't, I didn't even know the guy that well. It's from younger guy at my college. Um, yeah. And I was, I was like, that's so cool that, he heard what I did and he, he also was exactly where I was a year ago and not sure what to do. And he saw someone do something and decided to reach out. I mean, it, even though I, I don't think the guy worships me or anything like that, or he just is like, yeah, you know, could use some advice here. I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. That made me feel so good. And like, I'm, and I'd be happy to give whatever advice I can, you know, I love, I love that. But sometimes I also need to remember that for myself because sometimes I want to reach out to other people for advice, but I'm like, oh, they probably don't have time or they don't want to like give advice. I'm like, actually, they, if they're anything like me, they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, and that's it, one of the notes I have here is it literally says fuck it. <laughs> but like the power to say fuck it and just do something, regardless of what other people think, is is very powerful too and yeah i've i i'm trust me i'm not perfect at this i i wish i had more actually no not not i wish i am growing and i'm working on the ability to just say fuck it i'm going to go do that because it, even though in the back of my head that little person telling me like oh, i don't know i don't know i don't think you should do it it's like no i'm going to do it because I want to, or I think I need to. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great. Just go do the power to do power to do. But yeah, I mean, my concluding thought on power is that I think, I think it's, I think power overall is a great thing to have. I think it's better to be powerful than to be weak, but that just puts you into a position where you have to, have the responsibility to use that power to put good energy out into the world and be kind to others rather than be selfish or be oppressive with that power. Um, and yeah, I always, I always thought about that growing up with my superheroes, with Spider-Man, with Superman too. He's that's the underrated one with that. Cause all the evil Superman stuff got popular like five years ago. And everyone's like, yeah, that's how Superman really would have been if someone with, that was practically invincible came to our planet. Like, he'd be a douchebag. 
But what's so what's actually really cool about the Superman character is his constant battle of restraint when he sees people being treated poorly or when he's being treated poorly or if there's a situation where he could easily just be Superman or say, screw you, I'm going to laser your ass. But he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) But he do that as one like he chooses not to. And once I really think the James Gunn Superman movie. So we're we're getting nerdy for a second. Everyone listening. I think there's a new (laughs) Superman movie they're coming out with. And I think he gets that that's what's so special about the character. I think we're going to get an arc like that where it's it's, it's going to show people the trying blade. to get Superman to lose his humanity because he got humanity because he landed with all around American Kansas City farmers and yeah. <laughs> and was and it had like such an honorable father who was all about being humble, keeping a man honest, doing a hard day's work and and then eating dinner with your family and enjoying your time with them. He and it's what's really interesting about Superman is that he understands the importance of that and he understands what humanity is. And he got, cause he got such a good example and let of instead of landing like in the white house or right in Hollywood or something like that, where he would have been exposed <laughs> to not the great sides of humanity. And he understands the importance of it. And he understands the duty that he has to preserve that and to protect that. And that, using his power to oppress people will not fulfill him in any way, which is the evil Superman characters. They show how he is not fulfilled in any way when he decides to be a douchebag instead. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's an extreme archetypal form of power. Like it's literally like having the power to do anything you want to do. And I think it's really cool that there is an example or a character of that, that shows how much, personal fulfillment you can have if you use your power to be good and to be kind and rather than the opposite you're definitely in the right industry (laughs) (laughs) i love how you describe stories and movies because even though i know superman is not a good movie it's like i kind of want to watch that right now (laughs) oh watch the original one the original one's great it doesn't go super into that what i just said very much um the tv show smallville really goes into that um it's but that's well, that's, that's what i'm saying like tv show no now i want to watch it that your version that you just described yeah i think we're getting a certain version of that coming um but no that tv show is pretty good it's like it's like superman in his high school years and it's like kind of like a coming of age but he's like getting oh, all of these powers um yeah it's it's cool stuff um fun mm-hmm. show all right anything cool, else cool. you got no i think that's it John and I are super powerful. Just watch out for us in the skies. We'll uh, be flying around. (laughs) (laughs) No, Um, but uh, quick updates. We got some guests that are actually coming on. So be on the lookout for those over the next month or two. Um, And as always, please like, share this, and follow us on all of our socials and where we post the podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., and then uh, if you ever want to be on or if you ever have any questions for us or uh, any comments on what you want to hear, please reach out to us. We are, again, you can reach us through the socials or at wellroundedwealth1 at gmail.com. Absolutely. And yeah, we, Patrick and I always talk about being more free flow with the episodes. This one, we went really 
free flow. And we realized that. <laughs> so I'd actually, I think we'd love to hear y'all's feedback of what y'all thought of that, of just kind of, kind of just more going with the flow, just talking about whatever. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear if that kept you guys engaged. Um, if you guys want it to be more focused, we'd love to hear feedback from you guys because we love you guys and we love that you're listening to us. And thank you so much for listening to us. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace.